Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with Lou Reese from Powertrain Sports and Fitness. Lou, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on here today. Thanks for being here. Can't wait to hear about Powertrain and what's going on. Tell us all about it. So Powertrain is a central Pennsylvania-based company. We have 13 locations that span down into Rockville, Frederick, Maryland area, um, over in towards Jersey, and then up all the way in Rochester, New York. We have two uh, that are owned up there by a former client of ours. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been around for about 18 years. The company was started uh, in Mannheim, PA, actually. So, okay. So, the company's been around for 18 years. How long have you been with the company and how did you get involved with Powertrain Sports and Fitness? So, I joined the team whenever I was 25 years old. I, I, Previously worked in professional strength and conditioning with the Washington Nationals, other routes in the in the you know more school setting, um, and decided I wanted to go private sector to try and increase my income and kind of control what I want to be able to control with with the programming. Um, around 25, I started looking for the best sports performance in our area, um, and that was actually. A, Powertrain Sports. It was founded by Steve Saunders. He's the current head strength coach of the Ravens. Um, you know, so being able to, to go private sector and have a mentor like that uh, really inspired me to jump over and, and kind of take this, this approach with this career. Awesome. Awesome. And you currently have two hats, really, that you wear pretty strongly with the company, right? You are an owner investor in multiple facilities in the company and also uh, manager, vice president of sales for all of the locations. Is that how it rounds out? Yeah, yeah. So I um, am a, I started as a regional director in this area and our sales went through the roof. So I was, I was given the opportunity to help all the locations with sales, um, which is kind of one of my, my stronger skill sets. Um, but at the same time, you know, I have my ownership in my four locations here that I, I train in and I work with clients inside of those. Okay. In what area of the, the geographic spread are you in? I'm located in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So we okay. have two around here. And then um, Frederick, Maryland is also one that I'm involved in. Okay. Okay. So you're kind of in the, in the middle of the geographic spread more or yep. less. Yep. Right in the middle. So you're, you're helping with sales for all of the locations. You're an owner in four of the locations and you're still training clients on a somewhat regular basis. Yes, yep. Do you have time to eat, sleep, or breathe? Uh, whenever I first started, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> but I've gotten a lot smarter with my approach to it. So I, I can eat now. That's, that's good. That's good. What would you say your split is? Like, how do you split your time? Like how much, you know, percentage wise, are you training? How much work are you doing with other, other gyms in the group and, and how much with the owner hat on for yours? So currently I've gotten um, a really good team under me of guys that have been with me for about five years. 
Um, so I've developed them to the point where I spend most of my time, about 80% of my time, just looking at the schedules and looking what they have in their pipeline. Um, I like making sure that that they can take the brunt of the work, they can advance their career. Um, and then the 20% of time I'm training is when there's, you know, a scheduling gap or someone has a vacation and I just backfill into those positions. Um, but more, more often than not, I'm just making sure that we're following, you know, a, a successful plan. Awesome. Awesome. So you don't have a, a roster of training clients that you're trying to develop and grow. You've stepped away from that and more just help in the, uh, in making sure that you have the best pieces in place when it comes to that with the clients. Yeah. And that's one thing that kind of rubbed off on me from Steve was, you know, he could have called powertrain Saunders fitness or, or something along those lines. And he chose to call it powertrain because we all share clients and that's, what's really freeing about the way we train is, is you don't have to have, you know, your 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., all the way to 8 p.m. that are only your clients. And if you're not training them, then, you know, they're upset. So uh, we've got a pretty good formula where we share clients and our clients really love it. That's, that's an interesting take. Sounds like it's, it's more unique in the industry than the standard. You know, if I'm lose client, I'm lose client. And if he goes on vacation, so it helps. But generally people's frame of reference is going to be, I'm a powertrain client. I follow what powertrain provides me and whether or not I have a coach that I see or trainer that I see often, there's no identity of that person. Yeah. It, it, it's really hard to scale. You know, we, we really wanted to grow more locations and it's really hard to scale when you base it off of one person. Um, and I learned that, you know, it's, you jump from one location to open a new one and you have that inevitable dip at that old one. Um, mm -hmm. So to avoid that, you really have to develop that person that's going to be the manager there and, and build a team around them. So, um, you know, if something like COVID happens where you lose half of your workforce and, you, you know, people aren't upset because they're still getting the quality in the program uh, and they're not dependent on having one person there. Yeah, absolutely. So as you do look at or have looked at things that affect expansion, that's always a topic that comes up. We have a lot of single uh, location owners, some people that have two. And I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we just get bored or we want to break stuff or, you know, something just happens. You're driving by, you see a gym going out of business. There's all these temptations to yep. take your focus off what you're doing. And we found that a lot of the most successful owners who do go in to multiple locations, whether it's the second or the seventh, have a certain amount of things in common. They're, they're profitable, right? They, they actually have money going into the bank account. They have some reserves, whether it be three months, six months, they have systems in place. They're looking at things. It sounds like the way that, that you are or you started to delve into where I don't need to be at that next location because the second location, it doesn't, it's not twice the work. It's like four or five times the work versus something that you don't even realize that you have running so smoothly. So do you have any other, any other criteria besides having a management in, in place or a certain amount of staff that you look at to weigh whether an opportunity to expand 
is good or if the timing is right? Um, I think what's really changed with me most recently is I, I did open one location and um, it, it was hard. You know, I, I own three already. I'm helping manage uh, six at that time. And mm -hmm. I opened this one and it was an, an hour and a half away from my house. And I'm driving down there for 5 a.m., closing at 8 p.m. Just had my first child at home. Um, and the numbers didn't grow right away. And I have a guy there that was really willing to put in the work, train the clients and do everything we needed to do, but um, weaker on the sales side of things. And that really slowed our growth there. Um, but recently that location's really started to take off and I've really taken myself out of it and just done what I do with the other locations where I give them a plan, I make sure the plan's there and I make sure that they take ownership and they do what they need to do. Um, so recently I've started really hiring and developing people that want ownership or are ownership minded. Um, and I've, I've taken those people and I've challenged them more day to day, whether it's their training philosophy or whatever it may be. I just challenge them more to see if they're willing to kind of fight for those types of things. Um, because you can't open a location if it's you. Yeah, that's one thing I've learned. You've got to have a system and you've got to have somebody that wants to be there. And that's their baby. You know, even if it's yours, you got to be able to share. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you're not going full absentee hands off. You are moving to the background where you say, here's, this is yours to build. Yep. You're going to succeed or fail based on your own efforts, yep. but not for lack of support or systems. Yeah. And that's, that's more than anything where I'm at now. Um, trusting people to, to fail on their own, learn from it and grow. Uh, I, you can't, you can't do it all whenever you're trying to grow rapidly or you're trying to grow it all. Perfect. Now, when you came on as about eight, eight years ago, what did you think life and being in the business was going to look like for you? And how much has it changed from what it turned into? Yeah. So when I was 25 and I jumped over to powertrain, it was more of a, I needed a change. I want to learn. Um, so I went in just hungry and I was able to get the location that I was at up enough to a point where they promoted me to be a director at another location. Um, and then I started just doing market analysis on where I'd like to open one location. And I thought Carlisle's where I'm from. I'd love to own one gym there and be just, you know, a, an owner operator and work out in the middle of the day. And that's what I wanted. Um, so obviously, you know, that emptying the bank account and having a successful launch of Carlisle led to now I have, you know, four locations, Manage 13. I have um, three that we were possibly going to open this year. Uh, but, you know, COVID has everybody's pockets a little tighter. So uh, we're looking at possibly next year having some more to open, which is um, exciting. I never thought I'd be here based off of just what my initial goal was. Yeah. So safe to say you far exceeded where you thought you were going to go in the powertrain family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So COVID is, is here and you know, you never know when somebody's going to be listening to this. So I like to give frame a reference. It's, you know, we're mid September, 2021 and 
Delta variant and, you know, some restrictions, things are better than they were, but still not great, depending on where you are. And it's forced a lot of people to change a lot of things, not only their plans, but how they run their business, if they are open, if they survive. So what would you say some of the major adjustments you've made in this, you know, I guess, para pandemic world? We're not, we're not post for sure, but we're, we're in the middle of it, but hopefully past the worst part. What, what big adjustments have you made from a business standpoint? So our training model used to be three on one. Mm -hmm. uh, with the pandemic, we, we realized all of our part-timers weren't coming back to work. Um, so when we were able to open the doors again, we increased our ratio to a six on one and dropped our pricing slightly. Um, hindsight, I probably would have never dropped the pricing because now they're getting our rock star coaches more frequently, but it's just a slightly larger group. Um, so that, that was the big, one of the big changes, um, and still, you know, convincing the clients that were with us before that the six on one is where we're going to stay because, um, you know, like everywhere, minimum wage is going to continue to go up. We obviously don't pay minimum wage, uh, but that's going to make the people that we pay need more as well. So. Uh, we're looking at that ratio as the big thing we changed. And we, we analyze that just to make our schedule more efficient every day. That that's kind of our big, big issue that came out, right? We had a perfect business model before. Now we have to adjust it. Cause if we were, were to stay three on one, I don't know if we would have made it purely by not being able to have the amount of people in the gym with the restrictions we had at that time. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that, you know, if you could have tweaked something a little bit, it would have been to not drop the prices. Um, a lot of people, whether they're going from one-on-one -on -one to two-on-one or four-on-one, are afraid that there's going to be this huge drop in, in quality and coaching. And of course, depending on the, the coaches that you have, maybe that's a realistic concern. But in a lot of cases, it's the same people that say that they have world-class coaches and believe in them that sometimes it's the value that we perceive that we project out um, and it's tough and nobody knew what the exact right thing was to do post COVID. But do you find that in general, most of your clientele has said, hey, this is just as good as it was before, maybe better because of the different coaches I'm, I'm getting is the majority of the feedback been positive as far as moving from that three on one to six on one? Yeah, the majority of the feedback's been positive. Um, you know, the people that have not liked it are the ones that really should be doing one on one anyway. They mm -hmm. should be um, at that, you know, obviously higher price point, but they should be on that one on one, really getting cued and coached and every rep counted. You know, in the sports performance world, college athletes are used to having 30 kids in a weight room all going, all hyping each other up. So a six-on-one setting is still very semi-private. Um, so we've we've been very fortunate with that. And I think, you know, to your point, it's when I was doing one-on-one -on -one sessions when I first started, I was charging $50 for a half hour. I was making the workout, workout up as the client was walking through the door. Right. And that was to speak to your point of where you were versus now, you know, I'm way under that. 
and I'm delivering a workout that's been designed and prepared with a whole six month program in mind. Um, so it, it is all about evolving your programming and, and making it fit what your price point should be and keeping your, your product as good as it can be. Yeah. Then love that you brought up the, uh, the college weight room atmosphere, you know, the hype from the group, because that, that kind of works from both directions, right? Where one of the upsides that people find going from one-on-one to a semi-private or personalized small group, however you label it, do find that, oh, this, this little group thing is kind of, it's kind of fun. It's, it's got some energy. It's got some different aspects. Maybe the coach isn't watching in right, right in my hip pocket the whole time, still there paying attention, but there's a different dynamic. So they can see it that way. And then we have a, a lot of our listeners, a lot of, you know, the people in our ecosphere are in either the boutique group fitness or CrossFit or bootcamp style. And they have these people in big groups who a lot of times, if you just ask them, might want to go into a smaller group to get a little more attention. They don't want one-on-one a lot of cases because they love that group energy and they're afraid that they might lose it if they go five-on-one, six-on-one. But there's a trade-off somewhere in there where, all right, a little more attention, a little more money, but maybe not the full, you know, I'm with you. I think personal training should be $150 a session or somewhere in that range of, of what you're getting because you, can only, you can't scale it at all. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that you can do. You can only work so many hours. There's no place to go with it. So if you wanna provide the best living you can and the highest standard of coaching, it's gonna be expensive. So I think it works into it both ways where personal trainers aren't sure if the quality is gonna suffer, but the clients get the upside of the group or people who do a lot of group they don't want to get tagged into one-on-one because it, it's a very different dynamic. So that we find more and more, especially post-COVID, maybe it's one of the best things that's come from it. This smallish group personal training semi-private model is just taking off. And I think the clients are winning, gym owners are winning, coaches are winning, and it's been great. Yeah. And, and with the one-on-one, when we do have that, like you said, it's, it's very easy to pull your phone out and, you know, check what time it is or get distracted by another client in the gym. And, uh, you know, every time I give somebody a one-on-one client and I observe, if I see any of that, it's, I take over the conversation with the client and, and take that session over because a one-on-one it, I, to me is more work than a small group because you have to stay hundred percent focused in that one area the whole time. Um, in a small group, your ADD can kick in, you can let your energy carry you through the gym and you can really ride that wave. Yeah. Yeah. The thought of one-on-one can be panic inducing for some people who, you know, haven't, haven't checked their Snapchat in six and a half minutes. So it's, it's tough. And you know, that's, it depends on what you got in it for and what you like, but personal trainers on the one-on-one basis and group fitness trainers are just often not the same. And you can't fit that square peg into a round hole most of the time. Some people are good at both, but they might not love both. So, you know, if you can provide, you know, as, as a business owner or manager, you know, the opportunity for someone to really shine in their element, I feel like that's always the best for everybody. So what about the business side of things as far as 
where are you on the sports performance and the general fitness side uh, in your whatever COVID restrictions you have right now versus where you want to go with it? Yeah, so right now, um, depending on the location, we're, we're pretty heavy sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we were at our peak, when my locations, you know, pre-COVID were hitting numbers that were never hit before, um, we're talking 60% adults. And now mm-hmm. we're probably 70% athletes. Um, so okay. with our area, we're seeing a slow return from the at-home fitness and, you know, developed a workout routine that they do on their own at home because they, they don't really want to go back into a large setting yet. Um, so we're still fighting a little bit of the, the, the Corona pushback, um, the I bought a Peloton, I'm going to stay home, um, which... I tell everyone that's great. You know, if, if you can do that adequately and get pushed, great. But um, a lot of them that I check in with are like, yeah, it was awesome for a couple of weeks. And, you know, I think I'm, I might come back next month. So um, I, we're, we're hoping our numbers go at least 50-50 with an increase in adults over the next three months. Um, we have football, field hockey, and, and soccer all playing right now all large roster sports. So um, we know in the spring, we'll get a lot of them back. So we're just hoping we can grow our adult, our adult client base right now. So the sports teams are there because, not because they have to be, because they're, I'm sure there are options, but because they need to be and you're the best option for them. They don't, if they don't, if they sit out and don't train, they're not going to be on the team or the teams are going to be subpar. Whereas it's easy for, you know, somebody who's not in that realm, who's just maybe, you know, just a nine to five guy or girl that the alternative is hanging out on the couch and, or working on the Peloton or whatever it is. So the people who have a little more option you found haven't really flocked back in droves yet. Yeah. That, that group's the, the unmotivated, but wants to lose weight, right? Like that kind of like me, right? I'm a little heavier than I should be right now. But I don't make time for myself right now because I can think of a million different excuses. The real side of it is I got off track during Corona and it's hard to get back on. And there's a there's a large group of that right now. Yeah. So acquisition, marketing, advertising, lead generation, whatever way you want to wrap it up. Um, the sports side from a lot of my conversations, it seems to be really heavy on word of mouth, referral past clients, uh, people seeing one team that's, you know, far and away by the others. Is that what you're experiencing on that side of things for any new clientele that come in on that side? So I think it's all about culture. Um, you know, our, our one location excels with getting athletes in because their culture is division one stud athletes. If you look at any of the pictures from their workouts on their Instagram, it's like, six foot five guys jacked with abs hanging out, right? That's their whole Instagram. So everybody wants to go there because of the culture that's created there, but they have three adult clients. So, so it almost went way too hard that way. So finding that balance of being a personal training facility that allows adult personal or personal training clients, but we're sports performance first, that's the balance and having the right culture with that. 
um, you know, because we have another facility that's 90% adults. So it's just a matter of finding that sweet spot with your, your environment. Between your facilities and those that you're involved in managing, I know a lot of your expertise has been helping on the sales side, right? But in order to sell people, they have to be in front of you. Do you get involved in the marketing, the advertising side of things at all? Yeah. Yeah. I work with our marketing department just to review different ideas and different programs. What type of strategies or channels are you using to, to get people in? Is it organic, social media, SEO, paid advertising on social media or elsewhere, YouTube, Google, stuff like that? What type of things are you finding the most success in? So the, the most success is anytime that we run a Google review for our current clients and we have them review us on Google, Facebook, everywhere. And they just, you know, the more five stars we get, the better. At the same time, we're running some SEO. Um, that's when we seem to get the most amount of leads. Uh, so if we can just get out there how good we are um, and then people searching for it land on us right away, that's, that's the best way. Uh, we've dumped money into direct mailers and social media advertising and everything you can think of, um, but nothing lands a lead like a five-star review. Um, so getting yeah, people to see them. I, I, uh, I don't know that I've heard people, anybody recently frame it in that combination of going hard on reviews and SEO at the same time, kind of a one-two punch. Uh, but but that's something that maybe someone out there is thinking of doing one or the other, or isn't sure that what the synergy is between them. But that's great information to put out there, I think, as far as if somebody is thinking about it, hey, I was gonna do a review push. All right, let's make sure my SEO is up first. And of course your mileage may vary based on market and things like that, but it's a unique perspective versus a, a lot of things that I've heard elsewhere. You know, I think doing just SEO can be hit or miss sometimes or reviews are always great to have, but I don't know how often they translate into people raising their hand and coming in the door. So um, that combination, you know, is, is interesting. And I'm sure at least some of your success can be owed to it. So what do you do after that? What type of sales process choreography systems do you have? That's your bread and butter, right? Somebody, and we got to talk about both sides of the business, the sports and the general fitness. So We'll go a little bit on each. Somebody raises their hand. They say, I'm interested in powertrain. What happens from there? So we, we usually schedule everybody for a free consultation. Um, that, that's standard. That's how everyone in the industry does it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the big things that I do is I teach my guys, find the hot button. So find out really why they're there. It can be they want to lose weight. They need to get a half second faster. Find out what the hot button is find out what's realistic in that hot button. So I want to lose a hundred pounds. Really, you should only lose 50 and, and speak to that with your expertise um, during that session. A lot of times if people can do that before they even give the free consultation, they will sign them up before they even try it out. Um, you have to be able to prove that you actually hear what they're saying and and you're going to be able to, to help them get there because of what you just said. Um, so 
that that's usually what we do. If we can just get someone to come in and talk with us about what their goals are, we can, we can get them signed up. Perfect. So purely consultative problem solving based, you don't have a, a boilerplate that you're, you're going out there to people with it's listen to them, make sure you know what they really want, because it's not just what people say they want, right? That's the yeah. next level. Like what, why, what do you, ask, just keep asking questions, peeling back the onion, and then figuring out if it's a good match, right? Because I'm sure some people come in and maybe, maybe they want something that you don't even want to go down that road, right? It may be unrealistic. You said finding the realistic thing that you can do for them and then putting together a prescription. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's what we're all about is just finding out what people really want and helping them get it. Um, I, I tell our guys, we're, we're like doctors and we're prescribing the medicine for them. You know, we are listening to what they need and then we're going to suggest back what will get them there. So if you want to lose 50 pounds, you need to come three to four days a week. And well, if you're interested in the two days a week, I'm sorry, that that's really not going to get you to where you need to be because I can't control what you're eating. I can't control what you're doing outside of the gym. Um, so it's really just figuring out what the real need is and prescribing the right program for that perfect perfect one size fits all does not does not fit anybody well right yeah i've i've used the cookie cutter you know sales techniques before and um you know when you're sitting down going through the fitness assessment with them and you can see their twinkle in their eyes start to die but you have 10 more questions to ask uh yeah i i'm done with those days it's all, it's all over at that point, right? They're tuned out. Yeah. Nowadays, it's, it's, you get a very, very short window, that's for sure. So I know we touched on COVID and, uh, and that stuff, and, and it's there, right? It's the monster in the closet. It's not going away any, anytime soon. Um, as far as the growth and resurgence and getting back to where you were pre-COVID and beyond, do you see any other any other big roadblocks, any other dragons you're out there trying to slay, things that you're trying to get better at as a company and and personally in your in your roles as owner and uh, and manager, sales VP? Yeah, I, I think the two big things that I I'm really trying to tackle right now is our PNL. I'm trying to get the the L side of that down. Okay, so I'm trying to look at any ways we can reduce our footprint um, in some areas, um, you know, reduce our costs. We just negotiated with Comcast, you know, to get our, our cable a little bit cheaper. It sounds like, oh, well, it's only 50 bucks, but if you can do that for six or seven line items, um, that's gonna be a big saving. So right now the, the L side of the PNL is where we were really focused on. And also, you know, with growth, just, staffing, uh, trying to figure out how to keep a bench without dragging your payroll into the dirt. So how do we find good people, develop them, keep them on staff without having to, you know, throw money out the window because there's not really clients for them to work with at that time. So. Yeah. It's that stair step, right? Need more coaches, need more clients, chicken or yep. the egg. And, you know, when you're at a point where you are trying to control expenses, you know, payroll is, is always one of the biggest ones, you know, depending on the size of your facility, you know, rent, payroll, you know, things like that can, can really make the difference to red or black. So, 
Yeah. And then add on the labor shortage and, and everything else that's going on. It's the craziness that some people are afraid to get into high touch services right now because who knows where these mandates are going to go. So yeah, that's a, it's a demon that's, that's hard to slay. Are you mostly growing talent coaches from within people who are training with you and then maybe go get a CSCS or are in college, they may be athletes that their career fizzles out and you know they have an injury and then they want to they want to train. Where's most of your staff coming from? Yeah, our best coaches are former clients. You know, people that really just bought into the training and and understood it and had a passion for it and then went to college for it and then graduated and started working for us. Um, our performance director, senior performance director Alexa. She was a, a division two softball, like all American. She was a, a beast and she trained with us all through college and then worked for us and worked her way up. And um, those type of people are who are irreplaceable because they believe in the product. Yeah. And is that something that you have, you have your, your current staff has, you know, ear to the ground. They're kind of trained to pick up on those things or has it mostly been outreach from them? Uh, we we keep our eyes on the one like you know the guy that comes in that just has charisma like all the clients like him all the coaches want to train him like all right we need to figure out a way to convince this kid this is where he belongs um, but then at the same time we also have our ear on the ground for the uh, the college strength coach interns the people that are realizing you know I'm I'm tired of working a hundred hours a week for a stipend and you know some meal money so we we keep our eyes on them because we've seen a lot of the college intern guys that are in the big weight rooms really do a good job with the small group training um so we like bringing them into that atmosphere all right we're coming to a close as far as time goes and man there's a million other things i'd like to ask you but one of my favorites is if we if we have the opportunity to check in on you say a year, two years, not too far down the line. Where do you think you're going to be, your position with Powertrain? Where do you think Powertrain is going to be? We come check in on you in a couple of years. So I think, you know, a year from now, we're going to be highly profitable. I think that's that's our big goal right now is focusing on our profit margins, making sure that we're a sustainable business. Um, and then when we can refigure out our business model, it's going to be rapid expansion again. Uh, once we have, maybe it's a licensing side where we just help with some, you know, different ways to add profit lines to existing gyms, mm -hmm. uh, or it's going to be brick and mortar locations. I think, I think there's going to be a big resurgence in the brick and mortar training facilities. I think people are going to get tired of training at home and online. And I hope, <laughs> and uh, I think that's where you'll see us Hi highly profitable in a year and then tearing, tearing down cities in the, in the following. Awesome. Awesome. At least taking over the East Coast first, right? Yep, exactly. Awesome. We, we don't want you having a red eye back and forth to the West Coast just yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Not yet. Awesome, man. Well, before we let you go, where can people find Powertrain online, website, social media? Where can they grab some more information about you and what's going on out there? Yeah, if you want to follow our Instagram, it's at Powertrain underscore SF. That's our corporate Instagram. That's where you'll see content from all of our locations. Uh, and then I'm at Lou Reese PT, L-E-W, 
for Lou Reese PT. So give us a follow. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. I hope, hope you get a lot of new followers. I hope some people reach out, pick your brain over some of the successes you've had and some of the things that you've done that are sound pretty unique in the industry. All right. I appreciate the, the conversation today. It was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, man. To all our listeners out there, we appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in with us as always. If you want to get notified of new episodes when they drop, click the subscribe button, leave us a review, throw us a like. We love all the feedback. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, making a difference every day, keep working hard, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we have Norberto. Roberto, how's it going, man? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for being a guest on the show today. Oh, thanks for asking me. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so let's kind of dive right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? So our, our uh, fitness center is called CrossFit 1013. And okay. we are located in the west suburb of um, Chicago uh, called Bensonville. Bensonville. We're right outside O'Hare Airport. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. And so just curious, like what, uh, what made you decide to be a gym owner, you know, get into the gym owner life? Um, well, we were, uh, so I started CrossFit in 2008 and we were, um, heavily involved. Actually, we helped build the gym, uh, that we were a part of back then. My, my wife and myself, okay. it started as a small gym. And I think with our, um, communication and, you know, people we knew and connections around the neighborhood area, we were able to help build that gym. Uh, we eventually became trainers there. And then I noticed that I was doing a lot. It seemed like I was doing more of the sales part of the, of the gym for our, the owner's great. He was a, a great guy. He still is um, yeah. a lot for a lot, but I noticed that I was more of um, I was acting, taking on more of a, a sales type role for him. And right. eventually my wife and I, after a few years of training with him, being trainers with him, we're like, you know, maybe we should just try this on our own and see what we could build. So we did. Yeah. yeah and that's how we got into it. <laughs> Awesome, man. And so that was back in 2012. So you guys are coming up on nine years right now then. Yes, correct. Correct. Yeah, that's awesome. So kind of walk me through a little bit. So so you guys are a CrossFit facility. Um, what kind of services do you offer as far as like for your members? So we do offer uh, mostly um, uh, group classes. Um, and then we do offer some personal training as well. Um, okay. That just varies, um, you know, from client to client. But uh, we start. We are starting to offer nutrition, nutritional services as well. Okay. Um, yes, actually, have some members that have shown interest in being nutrition coaches. Mm -hmm. um, have got educated on it and uh, got certified. So uh, we're starting to do that soon. 
Yeah, awesome. And yeah, that, that's a that's a good idea too, because anything you can do to add more revenue, right? Like additional revenue streams, right. like that, that's always important, you know, for the success of a business. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Correct. Yeah. So as far as like um, you know, so the structure of your facility, so how many, how many coaches do you guys have? So we have eight coaches and then myself and my wife are 10 altogether. So 10, my wife and myself are more, well, most of them are part-time coaches, but we're, you know, we're even more part-time now. Well, my wife more than me, but um, yeah, we're even more part-time now. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, yeah, a lot of gym owners that we talk to, it's either, it's one or the other, right? It's like, you know, you're, someone is always like training all the classes or, you know, it kind of scaled back the way you are. Um, yeah. And um, that's the cool thing about it is, you know, you're still involved a little bit in it. So people, you know, people know that you're there and, you know, that you care about their success as well. Right. Right. And uh, I think it's hard for, you know, I get some young trainers that come in and they're all gung ho and they want to sit here and train every class they can, I can throw at them. But, you know, I'm a little older and, and I've gone through all that, that part of that phase of my career and yeah. training. And as you know, I mean, it tends to take a toll on you. So uh, the last years for my trainers to get burnt out. So I try to, you know, break it up for them. Yeah. And that, that's a good point. Um, yeah. Cause I started, you know, in 2007, uh, actually personal training at a big box gym and I was the same way. So, you know, at that, you know, younger, like when you're in your know, early twenties, things like that, like you don't think burnout is real, you know, like you're, you're like, Oh no, this is fine. I can train all day. And even in the opening stages, you know, of, of my gym and a lot of other gym owners do this as well. You have the burnout stage and then it kind of gets to a point for me anyways, I felt like the clients weren't getting, you know, the experience they were paying for. So it was time right. to scale back. Yes. That's when you got to, exactly. And you got to recognize that as an owner and pull yourself back from it and uh, start passing things around to people. Yeah, for sure. Now, when you guys are involved, do you teach the classes or are you more like on the personal training side? Uh, no, I do. I was actually doing both. Um, and I recently passed on my, because of my, I uh, went back to my old career of IT and it was taking of my time i passed on my personal training onto my oldest daughter oh who was doing more of our personal training um now you know for the clients i had the couple clients that i had yeah. um so yeah uh, but then the group classes we'll still do um you know we we try to keep a, a certain amount of classes per week between my wife and i okay awesome yeah that, that's awesome that you're getting the, the whole family involved there right right yeah yeah and now I'm getting ready to come up too. He's 17. He's hoping to start training soon. But I'm like, you know, he's been around it since he was little, so he understands. But yeah, he's just a girl with people skills. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, because um, I have I have 17 year old uh, twins actually, and yeah, um, daughter. She she works like front desk at the gym some. But it's funny, like, you know, just like you said, like they have to develop people skills because, you know, when they're, uh, they go to school and everything and talk with their friends, but, you know, in a business setting, it's completely different and expect, especially the industry we're in, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um, as far as like, like current members, um, roundabout, like how many members do you have, do you guys have right now? We're about 160, 165 members. Uh, and these are, mem these are monthly membership members. Um, and we're only in maybe about three to five personal training, uh, um, uh, members, but most of them are all like month to month reoccurring memberships that we have. Okay. 
165 our month to month. Okay, got it. Got it. So like, um, is there room to grow there? Like based on like your square footage and classes offered for you guys? Yeah, there is, there's room to grow there, which is why I haven't actively looked to, um, you know, go around looking for another spot or a bigger, it's all, it'd be great to have another spot, like an 18,000 square foot. That'd be great. But yeah. That comes expenses and things yeah. to take care of. And so until I fill all my classes all the time, I, I really don't have, see a need to have to open up a bigger space. Yeah. And, we fit what we need per class in each, you know, in, in that facility we have. Yeah. And that's, that's smart on your part too, because a lot of times we see people try to open up a second and third location before they're ready. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it never equates to more money. You know, no. um, it's all, it's just more headaches. More headaches. More yeah. Yep. yeah, absolutely. And now, I mean, I guess technically it could be more revenue, but as far as profit goes, like you're the same. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good point that, that you made there just to, you know, just to focus on one facility and, you know, a lot of people, you know, that they, they max out one facility and they're still ready to go, but then comes the problem. Are you making enough profit there too? So, you know, we recommend, you know, $20,000 profit after everything before trying to go to another location, another facility. Yeah, as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah. We still have plenty of room to grow before we even think about doing that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good on good on you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, did you guys um are you do you have any limitations right now as far as like like COVID or anything? Yeah. Um the limitations we had and they started, of course, like everybody else back in 20, yeah, last year, um, is that now my my classes have to be capped even lower. Uh, then I've always kept on my classes because I never want to have a trainer or a coach be overwhelmed with the amount of people. Then they start losing attention, being able to pay attention to different members, to you know, certain members that need the attention. So I've always capped out my classes, but I've capped them out to almost what, you know, the max of what a coach can handle. Um, but then uh, with COVID now, I've had to really scale back on the amount of people I can have in the gym and I used to have my gym is set up so that it has two separate areas uh, so almost like two separate gyms I was able to have overlapping classes between the two separate areas well now with COVID um, I had to cut out that second class so that my main class can spread out you know throughout both areas and okay coach back and forth so those are my limitations right now and you know we thought we were coming out of the woods uh, but then this variant came up and now we're getting more restrictions in Illinois and so we kind of got to scale back a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the mask thing, it's a little uncomfortable to people. I do require people to wear them, not during their workouts, but at least while they're in the building. So those are some of the limitations I currently have. Those are yeah. the big that I have right now. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's kind of like we all kind of thought that, right? Like we're, we were out of the woods. And then when this new, like when the new variant hit, it kind of put everybody back in that same mode. And, you know, I know that, you know, like 30, we saw 30, 35% of gyms, you know, actually couldn't make it through the pandemic. Right. You know, so now talking to people, I think people are a little antsy, you know, now, like, as of like, what's coming next, right? Yeah. And I, and what I noticed too, is that uh, I still have people that are very, are still afraid to be coming out. And so I lost members because of that. Um, the majority of members stuck around, but I lost some and are not, they're still not coming back. They want yeah. to. 
but they're still, you know, too, too nervous about it, too afraid of it. So. Yeah. Um, have you guys like implemented any online training at all to. No, I, I, I didn't see too much of a benefit in that. I provided workouts for at home workouts for people when we had to shut down, Mm -hmm. um, just like regular programming, but without equipment or with, you know, minimal equipment. But, you know, to have online courses, it was, I find it, it's a little difficult to, to do, you know, especially in a group setting and stuff like that. Yeah, the, <clears throat> that's the thing that the group setting can, it can definitely cause challenges for that. Um, and at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, people are, we're already doing this online as far as like group classes, like if you think of like Beachbody and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So the workouts themselves, you know, weren't as valuable when they could just get it for, you know, $5 a month. So right. I and think developed and they've been worked on and, you know, they've had time to make theirs better. And, yeah. And make it on the fly through a zoom call. <laughs> right. Right. I think everybody definitely learned how to use zoom anyways, right. Like during the last two years. So yeah. Awesome. So as far as like, um, let's say acquiring new members. So what are you guys doing right now to get people in the door? So believe it or not, my biggest and uh, biggest way of getting people in the door, aside from word of mouth, of course, um, has been Groupon. <laughs> and okay. I know Groupon has been crapped on in the past by, you know, businesses. I could see why too. Um, it's not the it's not the greatest, but for me, the way I look at it is, it's it's the cheapest way for me to get my name out there, um, other than CrossFit CrossFit HQ. Headquarters then themselves will get our names out there. Um, that's why I haven't dropped the name CrossFit. But yeah. uh, aside from that, to me, Groupon, and it was a learning, it was a tough learning experience with Groupon. When I first opened up, that was my first go-to uh, thing that I did. But I, my, my program or my campaign, they call them, was not right. It had to be tweaked. And I ended up giving you know, giving away pretty much my services for people that weren't serious, they weren't quality. Right. Uh, but over the years, I've tweaked it um, to where it is now, and it's it's been working great. I mean, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, it's a way for me to get people, for me to get exposed to people out there looking to work out, because um, everybody goes to Groupon, you know, for those deals. Yeah, so, yeah. That's so, my, my main, yeah. Yeah, so what have you, um, have you found any challenges at all, or maybe in the beginning, I don't know about now, uh, converting those people to memberships at all? Yeah. Um, and again, that was because of the way the campaign was structured uh, at the very beginning. You know, I started out offering 20 classes for a certain amount of money. I can't even remember what the price was. I didn't cap the problem I had back then is I didn't cap out the uh, time that they had to get those classes done in. I didn't uh, have, uh, I didn't have a, a, a soon enough expiration date. So I had people coming in, you know, two times in a week and then they wouldn't come back till next month. And they still had like 18 classes to go. Oh man. So yeah. They really didn't get the idea of what our gym was about coming sporadically like that. Right. Um, that was my biggest, uh, or the biggest learning experience I had with it back then. Yeah. Um, that was, that was it. So took some tweaking. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of times I think that's the only way we can learn those lessons, right. Is to, is to kind of do something quote unquote the wrong way. And then you're like, oh, so now you know where to make the changes, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so it sounds like um, um, you guys are like really big on, you know, culture and integrating people into the gym. 
So what is the onboarding like for a new client? Let's say not Groupon, just someone who joins your gym straight up. So uh, onboarding, um, I don't, we don't, and that's the thing. I've tried different methods where, you know, I've had only an onboarding uh, type class, like where I've had uh, group classes for only new people. Um, mm-hmm. Had it where, you know, I've assigned one coach to one person every time they came in. And all along, like all these times, it's, it's been very difficult because not every new member in that month can come in at the same time. Yeah. You know, like all the members can just come in at five o'clock on Wednesdays. Yeah. So what we ended up doing is um, I just pretty much uh, our onboarding is, you know, they try us out for the 30 days and then, if, you know, they, they get used to the community. They start liking us, hopefully. And then, you know, I instruct my, my coaches to, you know, be careful with the new people that are coming in. They know when they check people in, they'll know if they're, you know, in their first 30 days or whatever, or how long mm-hmm. they members there. Um, so they know to, you know, some, I guess you could say space, pay special or more close attention to those people. So we just rely on the coaches pretty much taking care of, of our new people as they come in and helping them through, you know, their 30, 60 days that they're there. So uh, that's, you know, it's not, it's not an official or a certain way to bring people in, but, you know, we tend to, and we tend to keep them light on weights. We tend to scale and modify their workouts until we see that they can, you know, start pushing a little bit themselves and stuff like that. Yeah, man, absolutely. My coaches. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think that, I mean, your coaches probably, they probably appreciate the fact that you have, you know, trust in them yeah. to be able to do that as well too, right? Yeah, They've, I've, I've been very lucky. We've been very lucky and blessed to have had the coach, to have the coaches we've had um, because they've, they've I've, most of them have been, I've, I haven't had to turn any over. I mean, I've, I don't think I, I lost one because she got pregnant. She has two kids now. She had, you know, she decided to be a mom. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, my first kid that I got when we first opened, he's still with me. Uh, and then the ones that I've gotten after that, and we, we've been lucky to be able to pick the right guys and girls to, to coach. For us. That makes sense. And and now you have, you know, your own kids that can do it too, right? So, which yeah. is why I haven't my, cut my son yet because he's not. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to fire, you don't want the first fire to be your son, right? <laughs> exactly. He doesn't yeah. understand that, but <laughs> yeah. 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 I totally get it. Now, as far, like, how many classes do you guys offer in a week? So, Monday, we offer classes Monday through Friday, or Monday through Saturday. Okay. And during the weekday, Monday through Fridays, we offer, uh, what is it, three in the morning, and then we have three, four, five in the evenings. Okay. Uh, so what is that, eight classes, uh, five days a week, and then on Saturdays, we'll offer two classes, two morning classes. Okay. Uh, and then we do offer uh, Olympic lifting type classes, where it's just strict Olympic lifting. Uh, three days a week, uh, you know, throughout that week. And then Sundays we have an open gym type hours. So. Oh, cool. So they can just come in on Sundays and, and just okay. kind of do their own thing. Hours work. Uh, there's a trainer there just to watch, keep an eye on stuff. And then um, people work on things they want to work on. And Yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome. And as far as your square footage, what is, what is that? We're at about 5,200 square feet with both places combined. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. And that's, um, that's definitely above industry average. So uh, we see industry average for CrossFit right around 2,000, 2,200. Yeah, exactly. And I originally wanted like a 3,000 square foot facility. I was in my idea, in my head, that was the idea. Um, but, and we started out in like an 1,100 square foot facility. We grew that in six months, thank God. And then we moved to this facility. 
but at the time it was the only one available and I needed 3000 only. And they told me, well, we got this. And I was like, all right, well, I'll try to grow into it. And luckily I did because uh, yeah. now I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I did step into that and, um, and we grew into it, but yeah. yeah. How many members did you guys have whenever you um, got into it and had to grow into the 5,000? We had about 70, 50 to 75 right around there members. Okay. Okay. 11, that 1,100 square foot when you add equipment in there and then you have a little, little office space. I, I had room for maybe eight people at the most in one class. And, you know, with that many members, uh, you know, it was, it was just not enough space. Plus I needed more equipment and I needed more space for it. So yeah. Yeah, you had to get creative, right? Like in 1,100 square feet. Yeah. Yeah, and that, it's probably good you did it because, you know, uh, looking back at it, if, if this would have happened during COVID or if COVID would have happened in 1,100, man, you'd have been in big trouble. Closed down right away, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we are, we're running out of time as actually uh, for the podcast being on the air. So one thing I like to ask everyone, um, what does growth look like for you? Like in a year from now, uh, where do you want your business to be, assuming no restrictions or anything like that? I, you know, I've always thought that I'd like to get to that 200, uh, 200 membership range. I know it's been tough because you take three steps forward and then five steps backwards every time. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping to hit those numbers. Uh, you know, my revenue growth, uh, my revenue, actual revenue or profit, I'd like to increase um, but by doing that, unfortunately, I'm going to have to increase pricing. Um, yeah. So changing pricing structure, which I have, I've only done once in my nine years, and it's mm -hmm. bad. I know it because my my rent does not only go up once; it keeps going up every year. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, now I'm at the point where you know I'm going to have to bite the bullet. I'm going to have to act like an owner, business owner. So I'm hoping that'll help me get my revenue and and my my profit up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, if I can continue doing what I'm doing, you know, uh, with Groupon and stuff like that. Uh, and then maybe encouraging my trainers to do more personal one-on-ones, um, yeah. giving them incentives to do that. I think yeah. that's the way that I'll be able to grow. So um, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's a uh, good strategies for sure. So, uh, Norberto, man, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. Um, yeah. And I know that our, our audience definitely got some value out of this and, um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. Yeah, this was cool. Was, I'm yeah, glad I yeah I'm glad we got to work it out, man. Absolutely. Okay. And cool. for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the like and subscribe button. And if you are a gym owner and you want to be a guest in the podcast, click the link in the description and apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. 
Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, Dan and Diana, owners of Rad CrossFit, North Shore, Long Island. How are you guys doing today? Hey, Dominic. How are you? We're really good. I, I am fantastic, except for about of the sneezes that I'm trying to fight off. But we're here to talk about you guys today. I want to jump into it. There's a lot to talk about. Tell us about Rad, what it is you do, your business model, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so we're Rad CrossFit. We were established in 2012. We are three owners, myself, my brother, and my wife. My brother and I are twins. You know, we serve our community and we have a proactive approach to health and fitness. And people think that we just do CrossFit and that's part of what we do. We help people with their nutrition. We help people with their goals specifically, meet them where they are and help them get where they want to go. And, and I think it's the best way to get in good shape. Awesome. So you, your approach is not, it's not about competitive CrossFit. It's not about the sport of fitness as much as we're taking a holistic approach to people's health and CrossFit is just the training methodology. That's the layer that you put on with that. Yeah. I mean, when we first opened up the gym in 2012, my brother-in-law, Rob, really wanted it to be a competitive gym. And that's where he wanted to go with it. But uh, as we started to work with our clients, we realized very, very quickly that, you know, people just need support and need to get healthy. And we started with just the CrossFit group classes and then slowly realized nutrition was important, mindset is important, um, you know, sleep, hydration, recovery, all of these things. And it became very evident to us that our gym was just teaching our members how to have a very proactive approach to the to their health and fitness. Yeah, we do a lot of educating. You know, yeah. when, and we have a nutrition challenge twice a year. During those nutrition challenges, we have a. I was a teacher. I don't know if I gave you that background. I was. I started as a teacher, so we have a, a curriculum a curriculum for <laughs> for our nutrition challenges that include the five areas of health that we promote in people's lives. So. That's why we say, if, you, if you're just looking for CrossFit, that's great. We'll give that to you, but we're going to give you a lot more. Awesome. So it's really, it was a little bit of an evolution where like, yeah, especially 2012, you're near peak CrossFit, right? Reebok had just come in, games are exploding. And that's a super cool aspect. And I don't begrudge anybody loving the sport of fitness um, for what it's done and vice versa, but it's a really niche market. And if you're, if what's in your heart is to help as many people live longer, more fulfilled lives, right? Especially if, if you were, you know, if you're in it back then, you, you probably watched every speech that Greg Glassman gave, everything like that. When it was really a, about that, you, you can have a, you can have a fun little competitive team or whatever you want to do, but your impact is going to be super limited. Your business is going to be limited if you're not really looking at helping, you know, Joe and Jane off the couch to feel better and be able to play with their kids and all that stuff. Right. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. So you figured that out pretty early on. 
And I know um, in the scope of, of what we have time for on the podcast, I'll, I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. You've gone through a few iterations, a few locations, some growth, a little pandemic thing that happened, you know, <laughs> no big deal, didn't really crush New York worse than ever, almost anywhere else in the world. So, but you guys are still here, right? right? You're, you're in your latest incarnation, you're inside a larger facility. Um, and this is, this is kind of what your model is now where you have, you have a lot of the benefits, you know, a lot of, you know, the upsides of having a, a real beautiful, probably high-end, you know, staffed facility, but you don't have a lot of the, the worries and headaches that come with that, the cleaning, the maintenance, all that. So, so you, you, you found yourself in a situation that's pretty unique in the CrossFit world. Um, how do you, how do you picture that um, versus what you would have ever thought you'd be in is has it surprised you how good of of an opportunity it's been and are there any drawbacks to it for you right now yeah well, i mean anyone listening that knows crossfit hears that we're on the second floor and we're in a big gym mm -hmm. and thinks how the heck That's do you crazy. do that and <laughs> it really does it works better than we ever thought it would you know we have a really good relationship with the owners of the facility that we're in. We communicate with them weekly. We have, we're, we're exposing people that wouldn't normally be exposed to what we do. And we're exposing our members to what they, you know, we have people that come to us that have never worked out before and are now interested in doing more. And, and it works, it works both ways and it's really, really good. And, the space that we have is, is, is it was an old racquetball court that we actually moved into. We, we originally in the gym were in a smaller room and we grew quickly. So we moved to the racquetball space where we, we knocked down walls and built a new facility. And it's, it's got 20 foot high ceilings. It's, it's big, it's open. It just looks like a box within a big gym. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And when Dan and I originally, originally started CrossFitting, um before we even had our own gym yeah. the gym that we went to the crossfit gym that we went to was inside of a bigger gym so when the opportunity was presented to us i was like you know what we can make this work and we have to make this work right now because we're trying to survive covid right and it was <laughs> so, cool because when we were in that facility they had a locker room steam room yeah. showers and and now I'm, you know that was back 2008 2009 now here we are 2021 i get to go back to those old habits of after my workouts steam shower you know run out it's pretty so, cool yeah awesome so so you found yourself in a tough spot like a lot of people did because of covid but Every once in a while, there's a silver lining in the COVID cloud, and and it seems like you guys have are making the best of it. You know, not just not just playing the victim card and and rolling over and playing dead. So, um, logistically, how big is the space that you're in right now? So we're at it's a thousand square feet of yeah, usable space. Of usable so space. So the the owners have been really kind to us and saying, hey, listen, if you need to store equipment, so our rowers, our bikes, all that stuff is right outside of the area that we work out in. Um, you know, we have a GHD, uh, reverse hyper and a, and a true form treadmill that's outside of the space that we're working out in. And we're the, th the usable state is space is a thousand square feet. So we can fit up to about 15 people comfortably my brother would say otherwise comfortably in a class right. okay 
So, and right now, um, you're over the hundred client mark back on your kind of COVID recovery. Um, you know, something that's going to pop in a lot of people's head is where can you, where can you grow to, if you are still trying to grow, help more people that do you have a, a number? I know, uh, Diana, I know you're a, a big numbers cruncher and I know you guys have your own logistics. What can you grow into before you can't take advantage of being in that, that big gym space or is there more room for you to grow there? There's still definitely more room for us to grow. I think one of the other silver linings that happened with COVID was the registration. <laughs> like you have to register for classes. In the past, we were always like, okay, we are we have our classes, so come with to, where, to whichever one you want. It's not a big deal. Um, that's not the case anymore. Uh, you have to register for sessions and we know exactly how many people are gonna be in each class. We definitely have some space for more people coming to our evening classes. There's been a very big shift of people getting their workouts done in the morning. So our morning classes are much more full than our evening classes. And then another shift that we've seen from um, after COVID is our personal training has increased a lot more. Some people are still not ready to be in the group setting, um, which is fine for us because we can still help them. I would say that we have room to grow to about 150, 160 full, you know, like as a membership Yeah. in terms of numbers but before that's not, we had to, you know, yeah. to interrupt, but that's not limiting how we can continue to serve people because we do, we, we live stream every single one of right. our classes. So we can do a lot more virtual training. I do a lot of nutrition coaching with people. You know, we have, um, you know, Tommy, our, our other coach who, is looking to take on new clients and has has a pretty good client list. So um, we're we're reaching people not just inside the gym too. Right. Know? I think that was another silver lining for us. I mean, we have we had to pivot when we were shut down to do Zoom classes, like many people. Um, but some people, when they came back to opening, they took the Zoom classes away. We've kept them, and for some of our members, it still works very well we can still keep them accountable uh, and they're still home. So, you know, it works. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that you mentioned, and I, I don't know how many people are have their finger on the pulse the same way as your morning classes growing almost seems to be a trend where, because a lot of people went on work from home and never went back because offices closed and businesses went, Oh, Hey, we don't need this overhead and productivity is still good. So people, more people want to get their workouts in before they start their day. They feel good, go home, take a shower, and then and then they're ready, right? They don't have to take away that that time or wherever, try to figure it out later. So I have seen that as a little bit of a trend. So it's it's interesting to hear where you guys are in proximity to the city and on Long Island, how that how that kind of has percolated through different areas. So so you do have room to grow. You are still looking to grow. Um, I want to touch on a couple of the other big functions in the business where, where we're seeing the most opportunity right now. The biggest one being, being marketing, advertising. You know, you guys have a product that's been established. You have something that you have, sounds like ultimate faith and confidence in who you want to serve and how you want to do it. How are you attracting those people? 
Yeah, so we actually had meetings, Diana and I, about that recently. You know, we're revamping the website because we just don't think that we're doing a really good job of attracting who we want to serve. And the, the type of person that we want to serve is the type of person who wants to put their health and fitness first, the type of person who wants to be proactive. The it, it's hard because I was actually um, yesterday met a guy uh, that had filled out a contact form back in March. And just for some reason, he was in the, in the room. I went to go visit a friend. He was in the room um, and we ended up exchanging numbers. And I said, I texted you to see if you wanted to try CrossFit, you know, and he said, yeah, you know, and really it's 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 um i'm sure i'm like kind of stumbling because on where i was trying to go with you that. were saying that it's a hard sell it's right? a hard sell. i said to him because we were talking he he's working with his friend in real estate and i said it's a it's a hard sell you know i'm selling hard work you know and that's what crossfit that's what the health and fitness that's what changing your nutrition that's what the proactive model is asking you to do it's asking you to work hard and um it you know, we help solve that problem of, I want to get healthy, you know, and it's, it's not the, it's not just the weight loss. There's a, there's a, there's something underneath that you want, you know, you, everybody on the surface wants to lose weight, but uh, beneath the surface is where we go. So when you come to us, we're going to ask you, what's your goal? We're going to ask you what's important to you about that. And, and we want to know why now? Why, why change now? For me, when I lost my weight, I was 236 pounds of my heaviest it was a lack of confidence. I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. And it was that thought of being alone and miserable and, and, you know, just not being happy with myself. It was happiness really that, that made me change my life. And when I have a conversation with people, I want to get there. I want to figure out why is this important? Why now? You know, and we have people who come to me, well, my doctor says I'm at risk for type two diabetes. And we have other people who say, well, they found something. I did this, um, this calcium test and there's plaque on my arteries. I, I need to get fit. My doctor said I have to get healthy. You know, those are the types of people that we want to attract. Those people who say, this is serious. This is real for me. I'm going to do the work, but I need to know how. And that's, that's what we want to change. And that's why we've been working on our website the last few days to send that message and say, this is who we serve. This is who we help and, and hopefully attract that kind of person, you know? So I don't know if that was too much, but. <laughs> nope. You, you gave the answers that, that you believe in and what you're doing. So I think that knowing what you're not doing is just as important as knowing as, uh, of what you are doing and where you want to go with it and taking action. Right. So being aware, it's like, Oh, good. You know, we, I always talk about, you know, problem awareness with people. It's like, it's good to know that, that you're overweight or that your arteries are clogged, but if you're not doing anything about it, who cares what you know? So, you know, it and you're taking action on it. So that kind of, as you progress into that, you know, when people come in, I know you're having this conversation with them about why they're really there digging deeper more than just, I want to be healthy, right? That's super generic, or I want to be fit. What is your onboarding, your sales process look like as far as, I know you provide nutrition coaching, like when people come in, is it, Hey, these are going to be the workouts. These are going to be the things. And we, we offer these a la carte options, or are you really, are you packaging together a plan for somebody like, Hey, for you to get where you want to get, I need you to come three times a week. I need you to do this nutrition plan. 
Um, I did an assessment. Maybe you need some personal training first. Like, are people just coming in and, and just getting a, a, a membership to come in and attend classes, or is there a, a results focus, a plan focus? Yeah, with us, like you said, it's a holistic approach. And the, the reason that people do a really good job of becoming successful in the health industry is because there's no one answer. You know, each person is different. Each person comes with a different set of goals, a different um, different walk in life, a different journey, different place of where they are. So for us, it's important for us to meet them exactly where they are and not give them everything all at once and say, hey, you have to do all of this at once. And this is this is the plan. And this is what will work. I know <laughs> that if someone was doing everything that Diana is doing in her health and fitness, that they'll get really good results. But that doesn't mean it's the right time for that person. So for us, the consultation is the first step. You come in, we schedule it. You come in one-on-one, -on -one, we talk about your goals. We do a movement assessment. That's this is, the, this is day one, you know, and this is all, you know, before you even become a member. Goals, movement assessment, baseline workout. We want to see what you, how you move. We want to see if, if, you, if you enjoy the style of workouts that we have. And then from there, you know, most people start with fitness. Some people contact me just for nutrition right away. And that's a different, that's the same conversation, no movement assessment, but ultimately with fitness, it's let's, let's, let's see what your goals are. Let's see how you move. Let's work out. And then from there, we explain what the membership is like. And, and for us, it's showing up, you know, it's showing up consistently more than three times per week. And from, we introduce nutrition through our group training, we have accountability groups that meet once per week through Zoom, uh, not once per week, twice per week through Zoom on Monday and Tuesday evenings. So we get on the phone, we get on Zoom, we talk to them about their nutrition, we talk to them about where they are, and we guide them that way. We also have the nutrition challenges. So, uh, you know, we're going to hold their hand uh, to, to teach them how to do it themselves. But the first step is the consultation you know, and then from there, it's here's the membership and how we how we serve you and how we can solve the problem. And, yeah, help you solve that problem. I think that was the biggest shift for us. You know, we always wanted to solve a problem and help people, but we hated selling. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to be like those annoying like sales people, and um, you know, it, uh, like Dan mentioned before, it's hard to sell sometimes what we can offer because we're, we're offering a solution where we're telling you, you have to do some work to this. Mm -hmm. um, but when we shifted our mindset to understand that we're not selling anything, we're just helping people solve their problem. Uh, it's been a lot easier for us to have just a very natural conversation with a new member and understand understand and that's why we do go, have the goal setting and the consultation we need to understand what their problem is so that we can then guide them and say okay this is the best fit for you some people when we do the movement assessment they're just not ready for group classes and we know that if we were to throw them into a group class they're not going to be successful right because they're not moving well maybe they haven't worked out in a very long time so we would offer them some personal training and it doesn't mean you know that they have to do personal training forever. If their goal is to get into group classes, okay, we're going to get you there. And some people move pretty well. They have a fitness background. They just need, you know, more guidance. They don't know what to do if they were going to go to the gym by themselves. So we can guide them into um, the group sessions. And yeah, we hold their hand a little bit at the beginning, especially to make sure that they're showing up. 
that they're not just signing up for a membership and not coming to class. Uh, and then as they progress, we help them, you know, with nutrition and all of the other things as they need it. Gotcha. So it's really, it's, it's meeting people where they are and it may be keeping some of the cards in your back pocket, but trying to gauge along the journey, when is the right time to, to approach each person and, and with the size that you are now, as far as membership and the size of your team, you can kind of keep tabs on everybody and talk to each other about who needs what, when, and just, just giving it in small doses. Right. 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 Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of people, it, it really does um, ask the member to, to be an advocate of their own health, because I'm not going to push healthy eating on someone who's not asking about it, right? Who's not curious about it, at least. You know, I will probe, I'll say, oh, so how's your nutrition? Oh, it's great. I'm re I eat really healthy. And it's like, okay, well, you know, why don't you talk to me about a, a day in the life of your nutrition? And it's like, oh, it's totally good. Totally good. You know, that person isn't really ready for nutrition advice. Um, you know, and I didn't know, I wasn't always that way. I was always the one, Hey, you need to eat this. You need to do that. You know, it's like, I know what works and, and it, 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 it's a little bit more of a dance, you know, you have to be patient as a coach. And when it's the right time, you throw that feedback out there and maybe they won't take action, but it's in their mind. And eventually they start asking questions, you know, so really it's a dance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Always. So I like that for you guys, you know, you know who you want to attract, you know, you know what you want to give them. You have obviously between you, uh, the two of you and your brother and your other coach, you have the team in place. So you're not, you're not scattering to figure out who's going to be in alignment with what you're doing. So I know that you're, you've been in this a long time and you know what growth looks like. Um, and where you are, you're very comfortable with that. So where do you see things going long-term in your, you know, in your perfect world? And are there any obstacles in your way uh, besides hopefully not COVID coming back again to getting there? Or does it just seem like a matter of time for you to continue to spread that impact? Uh, the short answer, and you could, you could, I think for us, the, the biggest challenge is that our model, the proactive model, is really the. Uh, we're just talking about the U.S. and this is a number I'm throwing out there. I bet I bet you it's like something like 10% of the population is using this approach. They're stepping up for themselves. They're advocating for their own health, and the rest of them are comfortable and and kind of you know not ready to do all of that work. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for us, uh, where we want to be, well, I would say, let me take a step back. I think that the biggest um, struggle that we have in the moment is saying all of what we've said in like, you know, like last 20 minutes in a few seconds or on our social media or on our marketing, like to help people understand that, you know, we educate, it's not just a CrossFit gym, we talk about mindset, nutrition, sleep, recovery, like all of these things without like it being so long, right? Yeah. So marketing is a, it's a hard thing for us because we're really selling something <clears throat> that people are going to have to do the work. 
we don't do the crash diets. We don't do the quick fixes. We don't do the, um, you know, um, fast or all of that. We don't don't have have a magic pill, pill, right? (laughs) You have to come in, you have to do the work and we're going to do as much as possible to help guide you. And for the members that we've had, like we have had such amazing success stories you know, people getting off of their diabetes medication, people not, you know, like all of their health markers where they were really bad, like reversing, we can prove that we can help yeah. you get off of the medication. Yeah. But some people don't want to do all of that work. And it's difficult to market right. and say, you know what, come and we can fix all of these things without the medication. And the other part, which is really interesting to me is that sometimes people will come in and say, oh, well, that's expensive. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't know what is expensive to you or not, but I know that we're not expensive in the long term because you're going to get years back in your health. You know what and, I mean? And if I, if I personally, which is why I started the nutrition coaching business, you know, my big goal is to take that 10% of people that are doing what we're doing and saying, I'm stepping up for my own nutrition and fitness and health and, and doing the work and getting healthy and getting the help, getting the support, uh, and the proactive approach, taking that 10% and making it a hundred, you know, everyone's doing what they need to do for their own health and fitness. They're, they're stepping up for themselves. They're getting healthier. They're getting happier. They're living better quality of life. And, and that's the big, big goal. And we're doing that. Uh, we're doing the best we can with the ho- over a hundred people that we have. And if we could grow in this space to to capacity and grow virtually and help people with that, that would be the that would be the goal. We don't have a specific number, but it, the number is to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, we are just about out of time. We're almost to the end of our hour here that we've had together. Before I let you go, I do want to make sure people can find you online. Give us your website. Give us your social media handles. Where can people find out more about you, about Rad, about your nutrition company, everything that you're doing out there uh, in the North Shore? Yeah, so you can find us at radcrossfit.com. Two Ds. Two Ds. R-A-D-D. Rad stands for Rob, Dan, and Diana. <laughs> so that's how that name came about. No, it's the BMX movie, Rad. So if you know that, you... <laughs> so radcrossfit.com and uh, Instagram, you could uh, find us um, on at radcrossfit. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Dominic. Thank we you. appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. We hope you found this valuable. If you want to hear more episodes, smash that subscribe button. We're dropping episodes on a regular basis. Get notified when they come out. If you want to be on the show, talk about your business model, your story as an entrepreneur, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.